Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Welcome to Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. Hey, better days. Hey, Angelica. Um, y'all, this episode was outrageous. It was, I'm just going to tell you it was outrageous off the top just because it was super outrageous to me. I laughed, I laughed, and I laughed. Uh, let's do some housekeeping real quick. Uh, shout out to all my Patreon subscribers. I appreciate you guys um, as we grow. Uh, I can't name you. Uh, one by one, but I do want to shout out Olivia. I missed your birthday. We love you here. Happy belated. Um, also Amanda times two, because there's a couple of Amandas there. Uh, Amanda number one, you got your you and husband Amanda are in our thoughts and prayers. Um, who else? C Cruz, Dasha, all y'all. You guys make these shows possible, so I appreciate you. Uh, wherever you're watching, if you can hit that thumbs up, that'd be appreciated 100%. And bottom of your screen, uh, I'll keep that up for a minute. It shows you where you can support the show, and your support is very appreciated. Uh, it allows me to continue to produce these shows. And on that note, 90 Day Fiance the Other Way, Season 3, Episode 12, Cold Feet. I mean, that's the perfect title, right? Cold Feet all the way around. Cold Feet by Submit, Cold Feet by... Evelyn, just cold feet all the way around. So, um, <laughs> submit. Submit is a mess. Okay, so episode starts off with Submit and Jenny, right? And, you know, it's still in the middle of the pandemic. I was wondering where their COVID lanyard was because that all of a sudden just went nowhere. Um, but they're on route to go see the astrologer because they want a wedding date. Well, and by they, I mean Jenny. Jenny wants a wedding date. So they want to check to sh- make sure the stars are all aligned so they can get married. And 
you know, Samit kind of under his breath says, you know, maybe time is still not right. And that was the first sign, you guys, that I knew that he was going to try to come up with some crazy cockamamie BS story why they shouldn't get married. Now, spoiler alert, we've talked about it last week. We've talked about it a lot. Um, so spoiler alert, if you don't really want to know about it. Uh, hey, Kelly. Hey, girl. Hey. If you don't really want to know about it, you know, close your ears right now. But Samit and Jenny are already married. This is all just foo-foo drama for the show. Um, but they're already married. That's why she can stay in India as long as she's staying. And this is just for the storyline, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. But my opinion is based on facts. And if you, you're part of my Patreon, you know what those facts are. So, however... The drama is Samit is feeling like he's not ready. So they get to the astrologer and they want to know, is it okay to get married? Uh, because the last time that they were there, the stars were negative. They weren't in line with, with uh, them trying to get married, which is interesting to me. So the astrologer is like, okay, well, let me check. He pulls out his computer, his laptop. Now, the interesting thing here, you guys, is so many people have reached out to me to find out like where they can find the astrologer. I don't know. I would love to, to interview him because clearly he is the star of the season because the way he went off on Samit's mom and just, you know, he's the breakout star and now everyone wants to find him. I don't know him. Someone knows him. You guys can hit me up and I'll try to interview him, but I don't have his contact information. So, um, <clears throat> I don't have it. If you have it, if you know a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, hit me up, let me know, and I will try to make that happen. Uh, so he asked for the their birth dates again. Now, what I thought was interesting, and I don't know if you guys peeped this, but Smith's like, yeah, he's the 22nd of January, 1988. And then for Jenny, they're just like, oh, November 21st with no year. Um, and I laughed. I was like, we all know how old Jenny is. Why all of a sudden... For the stars to like, how do we know the stars are going to align if you don't have her year in there? That doesn't make sense. Like, if you have his year, aren't you supposed to have her year? Or are you just not saying it because we don't want to say like they're 30 plus years apart? We've watched them for a hundred years. We know already. We already know how old Jenny is. So I thought that was hilarious. I was like, oh, you might say the stars are aligned, but if you didn't put her proper year in there, this might be some false information. The stars might be aligned on the wrong year. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so he plugs in their information. T. Jones says, that astrologer was better than any shrink they've ever had on this show. Hey, C. Cruz. So... He plugs in their information and he's like, yeah, you guys can get married. No big deal. Go ahead. Uh, you just have to wait like nine days. So wait the nine days and boom, you can get married. And it can be nine days. It can be a month. It can be two months from now, whatever. And Jenny's like, oh, we're going to get married on the 10th day. Um, <laughs> and she's super excited. She's like poking at him. And y'all, his face, His this is his face. Watch. Okay. Jenny's like, oh, we get married, ah, big smile, and submits like this, like deer in headlight, shocked, upset, doesn't know like what he should be doing, 
and I laughed, you guys. I laughed and I laughed and I laughed because that is not what he wanted to hear. He is not trying to get married anytime soon. So um, the astrologer then goes on to say, you know, you can't have a for formal marriage, so you can't get married in a temple. You guys just have to go to court. You have to cut down the festivities and the partying and all of that. Just go to court, the two of you, get married and call it a day and keep it pushing. And I was like, oh, that's kind of sad too, right? Like, what if they wanted to have a party? What if they wanted to have like a, like a small wedding, just the two of them, and then have a reception and bring the families together because that's kind of part of the whole thing, right? And so I thought that was kind of sad because Jenny's been waiting. Y'all, Jenny's been waiting 10 years, okay? Has Jenny not gone through enough? She was catfished in the beginning. Totally thought that this model was interested in her. Then found out it was Submit, was still in love because, you know, they had a, they had a more, more of a, like a mental connection. Then goes there. Family hates her, has to come back to America, goes again and has to come back again. Finds out that in between all of that, that Summit married someone else, still dated her, didn't tell her he got married. I mean, can she get a little party? Can she get a little party? A little something something? But no, cut those festivities and party short. Go to the courthouse. Get married, just the two of you, and call it a day. Now, Samit is freaking out. He's like, oh, my God, it's happening so quickly. Samit, what are you freaking talking about happening so quickly? This has been a 10-year process. So I, I don't understand what you mean, happening so quickly. She's been waiting 10 years for you to finally marry her. So now you're feeling like you have cold feet? Okay. So... The astrologer's like, yeah, don't worry. This is like God's master plan. And Jenny to camera, she was so dorky, you guys, because you know she was excited, right? So she's to camera. She's like, oh, we got the green light to get married. Yay. And I was like, oh, poor Jenny, because she really does want to marry this guy. And she's been, you know, sitting on the sidelines year after year after year after year. And Summit has been gaslighting her year after year after years, and he was using his family as a crutch at first and then getting married. So then he couldn't get married because he was already married as a crutch and then not getting divorced and then not having the money to get divorced and then getting the divorce. And then he had like a reprieve, y'all, because, you know, the pandemic hit. So then can't get married in the pandemic, but there are no more excuses. Okay, no more excuses. And this fool still doesn't want to get married. Okay, still trying to come up with excuses. This dude wants to just waste this woman's time like there's no tomorrow. Because like, what are you cold feeding about? You've been with her 10 years. You're clearly saying you're happy. You're cl She's clearly not going anywhere. So y'all putting it on paper, why? Why is that an issue for you? Oh yeah, Allison, losing his passport. All the excuses. There's so many of them at this point, Allison, that I can't even name all of them off the top of my head. So she wants to go to court on the 10th day and get the agreement to get married. Um, and Jenny just doesn't want to wait anymore. She's like, we don't need to keep waiting because we don't know what's going to happen and or if Samit's mom's going to change her mind. So let's go ahead and get this ball rolling. 
since the stars are aligned right now. And then Summit's like, okay, let's go on the 10th day. Let's go and do that. And Jenny's like, well, you don't feel pressure, right? Like you want this, like I want this. And Summit's like, oh, I, I want it. He actually didn't say that. He said, I feel nervous because my last marriage and I spent time fighting for the divorce. It's made me nervous about marriage. It's made me nervous about divorce. And I'm just scared because, you know, sometimes you get mad and you threaten to go back to the United States. And, you know, I just care so much about you. And um, so now I just, I'm too worried. And he's he pauses, you guys. He does this dramatic pause. And he's like, yeah, I'm shivering and I'm shaking. And I was like, this mother, you, you're doing what? You're shivering and shaking because after 10 years, you're finally going to have to marry Jenny, who supports the the this whatever this is this little relationship where you ain't got no job and you're in your 30s and you're kicking it and you're living like you're on retirement because jenny's on retirement so you're like stop playing just stop playing so divorce has changed him now he doesn't know like what he wants to do and then he's like now and then there's this dramatic pause I don't want to lose Jenny. And Jenny's like, you never will. I'm not going anywhere. I will always love you unconditionally and forever. And I'm never going to leave you. And I'm going to be the best for you forever and ever. Okay, Jenny, we all know that you ain't trying to go anywhere because Samit has done you dirty plenty of times and you still come back. Samit gaslights you all day and you still come back. So I don't need this whole diatribe of you saying unconditional this, not going in a we know, okay? Even a pandemic is not going to make you go home. Like, you ain't trying to go, Patty! Hey, girl, hey, Patty's in the house. Jenny's not trying to go anywhere. Jenny is not trying to go anywhere, so we already know that. Samit's like, oh, you're my family, you're my friend, you're my love, you're the only person I spend all my time with. Everything I do, I do for you. We hang out, we shop, we drink, we eat, we party. And I started laughing. You guys party? You guys party? Shop, eat, drink? Where do you party, Smith? Because you guys aren't... Where? Tell me where y'all go partying, okay? Because you guys are living the retired lifestyle. So I'm just trying to figure out where you guys are partying. I died of laughter. Oh my God. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Um, so Jenny's like, you know, I understand your anxiety and, you know, your fears and all of this. But let's be clear, she says, we are still getting married after nine days. And at that point, I knew, like, Jenny's kind of fed up, right? She's fed up of waiting. She's been waiting 10 years of her whole life. So she's like, listen, I don't care all the stuff. You can be scared. Woo, woo, woo and all the things, but we're getting married on that 10th day, period. So because of that, the next day, they decided they're going to go see that marriage lawyer that they saw the last time, right? Remember when we uh, met him? I think it was like two seasons ago we met him. And he said that they could get married back then, but they just had to do it like through that special marriage act. But then, you know, Smith wasn't ready then and the parents weren't ready then and all the things. And so they're going back to this guy 
And here's the thing that I thought was super sad. He's like, yeah, you guys, you know, you can get married, but you're getting married through registration, not a registration of marriage. And I thought that was so interesting. So basically we want to register to, to be married. And because this paper is registering us saying we want to get married, you'll then be married instead of, hey, we got married and now we want to register it. Isn't that sad, you guys? Like Jenny is just, I mean, I just wouldn't want to settle. Do you know what I mean? Like after 10 years of trying to get married, at what point do you say maybe the stars are telling you to not get married? Maybe it's not in alignment. Maybe you guys are like forcing this issue when it shouldn't be forced. Could it be that? I mean, I don't know, right? Because it's always something. At some point, do you just say, you know what? Let's just cut our ties and go our separate ways. But we all know that Jenny's not trying to go anywhere. Like she even said seasons ago, like this is her last chance of love, is the last relationship, which I don't believe at all. I don't believe at all. But I do think that this has been, you know, what is this saying? This circle trying to get in this square peg round hole. I think I got it right, actually. That's what I feel like this is. But whatever. They love each other. Love will conquer all accordingly. So um, they're going to get married on this special marriage act. And the dude's like, the dude, I should not say that. It's so rude. The lawyer says that, you know, we can even start the application today. Smith starts freaking out, right? Because he was not trying to hear that, right? So the astrologer says it's okay. Now the lawyer saying it okay is okay. And we could do that like right now. He's not trying to feel it. So he's freaking out. And Jenny's like, okay, 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 let's let's fill out the paperwork. Okay, Jenny, we know you're happy. Um, so they fill out the paperwork and Samit's face in that scene also made me laugh because he was not, like, he just was not. He was not trying to do anything. Like he said, oh, I thought we were just coming to get some information about marriage. Samit, like, how much more information do you need? You and Jenny should be experts in trying to get married. How to get married in 10 years. Y'all should know. You guys should write a book because y'all have been doing this back and forth for 10 years. And we've been watching you. So what do you mean you needed to just get some information? What, what more information? I even knew about the Special Marriage Act. And I have no reason to know about the Special Marriage Act at all. So what more information do you need? The stars are aligned. Your astrologer said, go for it. Here's the paperwork. Go ahead and just fill out this paperwork. It's going to take that 30 days, right? So they're going to go. They'll look because she's an American citizen. They'll look to make sure that there's no issues. And then boom, 30 days later, you take that to the courthouse and boom, you're married. What, do, what more do you need to know, Samit? Right. Myers like Samit's face. That's exactly that emoji was exactly Samit's face. 100%. 100% Myra, you were on point. His face was like, no, someone tell her an excuse to no. I don't want it. Okay. So they leave the office. Then excuse my language, you guys, because you know, I'm not a big swearer, but this, this right here requires me to swear. This motherfucker went to the internet cafe to call his bestie, okay? Because he 
is still looking for an out. He's still looking for someone to say, yo, you shouldn't get married. But what happens? He calls his friend Najar. Najah, I think it is. Nirjah, Nirjah. Sorry if I'm butchering that. Um, and hasn't seen his bestie in a while. His bestie's moved to Dubai. And he fills him in. He's like, hey, we're in a good place. I'm so happy. My life is great. Jenny's good. I'm good. And then the friend says, oh, well, when are you guys getting married? And then Samit's like, oh, I don't know. I'm scared. And the friend's like, scared of what? Just like all of us, the friend said all the things that we were thinking in the moment. He's like, scared of what? You've been down this road for how long? You guys have been fighting for this for how long? So what exactly are you scared of? Um, and then he's like, bro, you've been fighting for this for so long. Jenny has sacrificed the most. She left her family. She left her country. She left her job. She left everything just to be with you. So just get married. Um, and then he's like, oh, but I'm scared because, you know, my last marriage, my wife was domineering and she wouldn't let me do anything. She, she wouldn't let me work. If you know anything about Indian culture, that is a bold face lie. Okay. His wife wouldn't let him work. No, Smith, you just don't want to work. You just don't work. Your wife. Stop it. Stop. Now that I think about it, I'm starting to get irritated because remember when he was working at the call center and he quit his job because he lived too far from his job? It's always an excuse with him. Like when he doesn't want to do something, there's like a thousand excuses. Ridiculous. I can't work because I can't get to my job. I can't live with you because I got to live with my parents. I can't move here because I'm already married. I can't marry you because I'm already Like, okay. So now he can't get married because now he's Jenny. You think Jenny's going to be domineering? Jenny? This, are we talking about the same Jenny that we've seen for the last thousand years? Jenny's going to be domineering? All the things that you've done to her, how passive she's been with you, Jenny all of a sudden is going to be domineering and it's not going to let you do anything. What will she not let you do, Jenny? Be submit because you've done everything to her and she's accepted it. And like she said, she's clearly not going anywhere. You catfished her. And she still stayed. You married a whole other woman and stayed with that woman for two years and she still stayed. But Jenny's going to be domineering and not let you do stuff. You know what I want to say. I want to cuss my face out. So just fill in all the cuss words that you know in your head and just like say them out loud because that's exactly how I'm feeling. He sounds ridiculous. Um, and then the friend's like, well, why are you even comparing Jenny with your past? Like, they're completely different. You've known Jenny for 10 years. You didn't know your wife, your ex-wife, because it was a prearranged marriage. So, like, why would you even think that? They're, it's potato, potato. It's completely not the same situation. So then Samit says, because that didn't work on his friend, well, I just feel like marriage is going to be like a jail for me. What? You live with this woman already. How many times do I have to say, just like y'all, how many times do we have to say, how long have you been with her? So what jail? What jail? 
a piece of paper is now going to make it jail for you. And Jenny, all of a sudden, is going to change. Listen, Jenny's not changing any type of ways. We've seen that this season. You know, if she's not trying to cook, clean, do nothing, she's trying to live her best retired life. So Jenny is not changing any type of way. Jenny's Jenny. She's 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 pretty much who she is now. Okay, she's she's living her golden years. She's not trying to change anything about her personality, not trying to change anything about her lifestyle. So this little ridiculous domineering marriage jail is is outrageous, really. Now, in that same breath, okay, he continues to say, but things are great. I'm happy. I'm living my best life. Yeah, fool, you're living your best life off of Jenny's dime and doing whatever the hell you want and scamming her all day. So yeah, you're living your best life. Now she's asking you for the commitment that you've been promising her and us for years, and now you're freaking out. And then when he said... The friend's like, you know, you, you're you like, he didn't say this, but I'm going to say it. Excuse my language again. But his friend is like, you're kind of fucked up in the head. You need to go see a psychiatrist. Because all these things that you're saying sound stupid. He's like, just, just do it. Just get married. Just do it. All the things you're saying right now is, are ridiculous. Then the shadiest of shade of shade, you guys. The shadiest, listen... the shadiest thing that I just feel like, you know what? This just shows me who you are, Samit. When Samit said that after they signed the paperwork for that special marriage act together as a couple and they went home and then Samit called the lawyer and told him to hold on to the paperwork and to not file it behind Jenny's back. I I was done. I was done. I said, this dude is the shadiest of shade. Now, I'm going to circle back and tell you guys, when we met him, he was catfishing. He was catfishing, working at a call center, scamming people. So, like, why am I surprised by this, right? For him to go behind Jenny's back, been stringing her along for all these years, to go behind her back and pull that paperwork, disgusting. I, for one, would, nope, I'm out of there. I don't care how many years I've invested. What I'm not about to do is spend another 10 years invested in this shade. And to be the financial supporter of this crazy shadiness, Jenny, you know what? Pack your shit, go to your loving family, and live your golden years without this fool. But that's not what's going to happen. That's not what happened. But I'm just saying, like, I could not be with someone who was that super shady. Can you imagine the person that's supposed to be your partner in life? You guys share this special moment. You've had hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. You finally get to the end line. Sign, you sign on the dotted line, and then the, your partner pulls the paperwork. Pulls the paperwork. Nonsense. Dash is asking, Linda, what do you think his endgame is? Okay, well, so here's the thing. Like I said, spoiler alert, they are married. They get married. And I think that that's what you're going to see. Jenny's going to, like, freak out when she finds out that he pulled the paperwork. She's going to pack her bags, have a tantrum. He's going to realize that she's actually leaving. And they're going to go quickly to the courthouse um, and, and get married. That's, that's going to be 
what happens. That's the crescendo, crescendo, crescendo of this season. Okay. That being said, what do I think his end game is? I think if it was Samit's perfect world, he would continue to live with Jenny without marrying her for the next 10, maybe 15 years. By then he'll be in his mid forties. Then he's going to want to actually do something with his life and have a kid. And then he's going to break up with Jenny, find someone that has his own age or younger, get that person impregnated and live his best life. Right now, because he's not motivated to do anything, he's like, ooh, I've got this woman who, because you, you guys notice in, in, even in this episode, he always says first how much Jenny loves him. And then he'll say, and I love her. But it's always, he knows that Jenny loves him so much and will do anything for him and will put up with all of his nonsense. So he doesn't have to do shit, you guys. Can you imagine? So his end game, Dasha, is I want to ride this out. What's the saying? I want to ride it till the wheels fall off. That's his end game. All right, for the next segment, Corey and Evelyn, you, some of you guys that know me know that I put this disclaimer out. I am not a fan of Evelyn. If my face scrunches up, if I say a little something, something, it's because I'm not a fan of her at all. And I'm not a fan of her. As you guys know that I say this all the time because she's an online bully. She bullied me and my other co-hosts back in our studio days. And until she apologizes, I just, I can't let it go. So that being said, disclaimer, it's Corey and Evelyn. And I'm just going to put this up here because I feel like this is the epitome of who she is. So as I go through the segment, I'm just going to leave that right there on your screen. And she's complaining. They're on their way to the wedding planner. She's complaining about his speeding. She's complaining about his driving. And she's got this sourpuss look on her face. And they've now picked a wedding date. They're like two weeks out from their wedding date. And Corey, and I have a question for you guys because I'm very interested about this. Because you know how they say like a lot of girls, their whole life, they like dream about their wedding they dream about their wedding and they plan their wedding in their head. I know I have friends who, who've had wedding books and they pull wedding dresses, all the things. And so here's my question to you. Do you think it's weird that Evelyn had took no part of the planning of this wedding? Do you think that's weird? And do you think it's, it's a regular thing for the guy to plan the entire wedding? Just curious. Let me know in the live chat. Let me know in the comments below because Corey's been doing all of the planning by himself because Evelyn said it was important that he takes the lead. Okay. Which I can break down and say a whole bunch of stuff about, but I won't. I'm just going to let, let that simmer and let y'all think about what that means when your partner wants nothing to do with the planning of your wedding. You do all the work and you pay for it, okay? Because that's the other thing. You want, Corey's going to do all the work and pay for the wedding. And you're just going to bitch and complain. Makes sense to me. Sounds like you guys are off on the right foot. So she's complaining about his speeding, complaining about his driving, and wants to make sure that he took the lead. And so he's planning the wedding by himself. And then... Okay, I have to pull this down for a second because you have to see my face. 
when this person, which is not the word I wanted to use, but when this person said, I quote, I'm publicly giving him a second chance is the meaning of this wedding. I am publicly giving him a second chance. That's why we're getting married again. Let that sink in. The person who's supposed to be the love of your life that you want to spend forever with says to an international audience that the reason why she's marrying you for a second time is because she's publicly giving you a second chance. The implications of that, you guys, just think about the implications. Implication of that is, you know what? I don't like you. I've been trying to hide you. I married you, yeah, the first time for the papers. And now, and like, I'm only doing this publicly because I'm giving you a second chance. And I'm letting everyone know that I'm publicly doing it just because of that. Then she goes on, because that wasn't enough, y'all. Then she goes on to say that she's not excited about the wedding. She's just going along with it. Then she goes on to say that she's giving him the second chance that he asked for and acknowledges that she's in a bitchy mood. And why is she in a bitchy mood today, which is different than any other day, Evelyn? Because you're bitchy every day in every season that I've ever seen you. You, You're not a nice person. And I cannot imagine be, being in a relationship with you because you you constantly not only gaslight this dude, you call him names, you degrade him publicly. And I'm sure if you're doing this publicly for an international audience, can you imagine what she does behind closed doors? But she goes on to say that she's not excited. She's just going along with it. She's being bitchy because she had a dream. And in her dream, she saw the other girl, Jenny. And what was she doing? Being violent. She just kept slapping Jenny in her dreams, slapping Jenny. She wanted to slap Corey too. Um, and so now, because she had that dream, she's mad at him and she's being bitchy. No, you're just a bitch. <sighs> then, then, if that's not good enough, you guys, if that's not mean enough, if that's not verbal abusive enough, she goes on to say that she doesn't want to get married through religion or faith because in her mind, that means to death do us part. So let me get this straight. You're publicly having a wedding because you're showing everyone that you're giving them a second chance. You're not excited about it. You haven't been a part of planning any of it. You've been complaining about it this whole time and you want him to spend 50000 on this wedding and he has been planning it and you're dreaming about being violent against him. Don't want to get married through religion or faith because you think that that means till death do you part. So then why are you getting married? So that you can have an out? You're getting married and she even says it later on, you guys. She says it. She's like, I always like to know where the exit is. So you're you're getting married to get divorced? Why get married? Why are we going through all this cockamamie nonsense? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Why are we going through this? Why even get married? First, and, and let me pull this down again. Why 
since you're already married, that we've all known that you guys lied about for years, why go through all of this just to spend a bunch of money? I can answer that. You're, you're doing this to Corey because this is part of his punishment. She goes on to say, because, you know, this is all just so rainbows and butterflies that she feels like they're trying to fix a big hole with cheap tape by getting married. Oh, that sounds lovely. That sounds lovely, Evelyn. Corey's feelings are getting a little bit hurt. He's like, oh, you're already assuming like we're getting divorced. She doesn't correct him. The wedding's in a couple of weeks and he would really like the family pastor to marry them. But Evelyn doesn't want that because again, she doesn't want to get married to death do they part. And she doesn't want to have a, a religious marriage. She just wants some random. And by random, I mean, she decides that she wants her sister Leslie to officiate the wedding. You want wicked witch number one, who hates your husband to then officiate the wedding, the wedding that she doesn't want to happen, who hates your husband, who fed your husband some type of ball soup. You want that girl to officiate your wedding? That sounds like you're really getting off to a great start. So you want all that negative energy to start off this second wedding and marriage. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, go ahead and have Angry Betty number two, come through, officiate the wedding that, oh, by the way, you're making Corey pay 50000 for? Okay. She goes on to say that she's preparing for a bad ending, and that's why she just wants her sister to officiate the wedding. Cause you know what? Again, I asked why get married? Why sourpuss get married? If you're already right, Allison, so friggin' mean. So friggin' mean, so, so, so mean. Why get married? Why waste this man's $50,000 sourpuss face when you literally are saying you're preparing for a bad ending last week? you were ready to divorce him. Go ahead and just make that divorce happen. Oh, but but you don't want to divorce him because he's your paycheck and he pays for everything and owns everything. So this sourpuss face is going to go through and let him plan a full-on wedding and spend all his money because you don't want your bank account to dry out. Stop friggin' playing. <clears throat> she says, because this, you guys, is the icing on the cake, okay? She said, I never wanted to be engaged. You made me. I never wanted to get married and you got me to marry you. Now I'm agreeing to a public wedding. Those three things she said, I never wanted to be engaged and you made me. I never wanted to get married and you got me to. And now I'm agreeing to a public wedding. Again, think of all the cuss words you can, because that's what I want to say right now. All of them. 
all of them. You can miss me with all of it. All of it. Miss me with all of it. This storyline just makes me angry. I, I cannot imagine, okay? I cannot imagine being with someone who was so friggin' nasty. Now, here's the thing that I don't get, okay? So, Corey posted, and let me just get the words up. Corey posted this today to his social media. So, it's the day of their meeting with the wedding planner. And so this is where we saw, she was like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. All the things you did a good job, Corey. Okay. Then we see like the cake and that looks quite nice as well. Right. And then samples of the wedding cake. But to me, you guys, to me, to me. Okay. So let me just set this up for you properly. Okay. On the one hand, okay, on on my right hand, you have this. The right hand you have, oh, I just took the words away because they're so foul. Okay. On the right hand, you, you have, I never wanted to be engaged. You made me. I never wanted to marry you, but you got me to marry you. And now I'm agreeing to a public wedding. That's on the one hand. On my left hand, I have this. Wedding planning has been very stressful, but also very exciting. We were able to do some tasting in preparation. The food was incredible. The cake and sweets were amazing. I'm really happy and excited for the big day. It looks like everything is coming together perfectly. Thanks to the best wedding planner, blah, 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 wedding planner, blah, blah, blah. Everything has been going smooth. She really is the best. I love you, Evelyn. I can't believe we are finally doing this. Can, can you can you make it make sense? Because those two things don't go together. That right hand and left hand, those comments are not the same. It, they're not the same. And I personally think to have to grovel to be with someone, to have to pay to be with someone, to have someone literally say to the, your face that I'm agreeing to a public wedding you can miss me with all that. You know what? I would just be like, you know what? You can go. Ahead. You know what I would do? You you want to know what I would do? And it's super shade. It's super shade. But I feel like this situation deserves it. I would go ahead and do all the all the planning. I would do all the planning, all the things. But on that wedding day, when you're walking down the aisle, because you've already made a fool of me. All the things is super petty, you guys. I'm sorry. But I just think that this is just ridiculous. I would just let her go through that. And I would be on a plane back to Utah, sipping on champagne, peacing out. That That's it. That should be the ending. The end. The end. Right. The end. Anyways, on to Kenny and Armando. This just made me cry. It was, so, it was just such all beauty. It was all such a beautiful thing. Although, you know, we saw the dad, but we only saw him briefly. Did you all notice that? Like, just in brief moments. We saw him when he came, and we saw him with, with at the taco stand. That was it. So, family's all arriving um, today, and Armando's a little nervous because, you know, the dad never told him he was coming because uh, he didn't respond 
to the text that he sent. So he didn't really know. He just knew because he called the mom. The mom's like, yeah, dad's in the car. And they get there and Hannah's like running to the moving car. And you hear Armando's like, wait, just wait. But she's just really excited to see her family. Uh, I thought it was a really sweet moment when Cooper uh, gave Armando's mom the flowers. They're all hugging. And it was like a sweet moment, right? Like the, all the families are meeting. Hey, Crystal. Crystal says, dad doesn't like the cameras. He's like, yeah. He's like, you guys got me here. I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm not about to be like the center of attention. I get that. I think that's true. So they're going to be staying at the condo below. They go and get settled. The dad's like, I'm going to go out and get some fresh air. And that was the last that we saw of him until the nighttime. And they're showing dresses and they're talking. And Armando takes some time to go talk with his mom and sister. And, you know, he wants to know, like, when was the moment that dad decided that he was coming? And the mom is like, you know, it was when that last text message you sent and the one that Kenny made him send. Right. And I was like, that is some wisdom right there. I don't know if I would have thought of that, but that is some wisdom. So when Kenny's like, you know, just text him one more time and tell him how you're feeling. And so when he said to his dad via text, you know, the conversation didn't go as planned. But, you know, I can assure you that if you had something important in your life that really mattered to you, I would be there for you. And that spoke to his dad's heart because the dad showed the mom is like, look what your son sent me, which I laugh because, you know, you parents do this. It's funny. It's like when you're not impressed with your child, you're always like, and your child did this. But then when you're impressed with them, you're like, and my child did this. It's hilarious. And all parents do it knowingly or unknowingly you guys all do it and i think it's adorable um so that changed his mind and he came but he came with you know some hesitation and then they talked about how he was like sighing and very pensive over the situation which you know he's out of his comfort zone i'm just happy he showed up you guys i'm happy that he's like whatever it is it's about my son and I love my son and I want to support my son. And, you know, he's come a long way and I am appreciative of of the fact that he has decided to like make it about his son and his love for his son. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. Um, now he's there. Armando has some new concerns and some of his new concerns is, you know, they want to have, a traditional type wedding. So they're going to have a first kiss, a first dance. And he knows that his dad's not going to like that. And so he's having some anxiety about that. Um, and so then Kenny's family arrives and it's the first time that his son Bryson is meeting Armando. So I thought that was going to be special. And the whole game came. So it was the triplets. So uh, Taylor, Cassidy, and who's the what's the other girl's name actually it's funny i didn't write down taylor cassidy and there's another one and then the son is bryson and josh and crystal which are the significant others oh my goodness why oh chelsea i already said that taylor bryson oh yeah so taylor bryson cassidy and chelsea is that right is it mckenzie Oh, you're right. I think it is Mackenzie. So the, t- the triplets are Taylor, 
Cassidy and Mackenzie. And then the son is Bryson. Okay, so they all arrive. Um, and it was like all the families were embracing. Um, and it's like such a beautiful thing. And then they're gonna have they're gonna get settled and they're gonna have tacos by the pool and anything taco. You say taco. I was like, wait, what? I want tacos by the pool. Tacos and margaritas by the pool. Sign me up. <laughs> so the families are all meeting. Um, and it was just so sweet. It was so sweet because you saw like everyone kind of interacting. Now, here's the thing that I thought was interesting, you guys, is because I think one of the reasons I didn't know about Mackenzie is that we have not really even seen Mackenzie on the season. We've seen a little bit of Taylor. We've seen a lot of Cassidy, right? So that's why we know Cassidy very well. And I think even in the comments, Crystal said, like, she loves the relationship that Cassidy and Hannah have. You can see they have a special bond. And you, you can see that they've spent the most time together. Um, so seeing all of them interact was really quite nice as well. But I thought it was so cute when the dad was sitting with Cassidy and he's like, where's the baby? And she's like, I don't have a baby yet. It's in my tummy still. I thought that was cute. And then when they were lining up for tacos, someone cut the line and the dad's like, you need to get in line, get in line. I was like, oh, that's sweet. Like he's he's joking and he's he's trying to come out of his shell. And I thought that was really sweet. Um, so they were having all that time and then the two families took time apart to spend with each other. And um, Kenny sat down with his four kids and he wanted to talk about adoption and having another kid and they lost it. And I was so confused by that. I'm still confused by it. So they originally thought that he was talking about adopting Hannah, but really he was talking about going to an orphanage and adopting another baby. And then Taylor, the one that, we know second to least about Mackenzie started crying and she's like, you know, this all just feels so complicated. And you know, you have your own family right now. You have your own kids and we feel we're like losing you and that, you know, we're not always going to come down to Mexico and see you. Like, when are you going to come and come back and visit us? And this is just all too much. And you already have a family and now you're going to raise another family. You forget all about us. Um, and you know, I just don't understand it. And what about Cooper? I was just like, ugh. like y'all are grown and you guys have your own families. I didn't understand the, the angst of it all. I get that he's moved away. And so being away from family is very hard. I mean, I, I can attest to that. It's very hard and hard to do, but it's not like you're never going to see him. Um, and so I'm confused by it. I'm confused by what, what are we upset about? And if you guys can explain it to me, please do let me know what I was missing. Cause this whole, like, oh, I can't believe that you're going to, you guys are not even teenagers. You're like early thirties, at least for sure. What, what, let the man be happy. If he wants to start another family, you'll just have a additional sibling. And how is that going to take away from anything that you've had shared and experience with your dad? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And I don't understand what the crying is about. Like y'all aren't going to go to the coffee shop every five seconds. You have a kid and you have a job and you have a life. You have a partner to let, to, to be with. 
Like your whole life is not going to revolve around your dad. Like that's not realistic. Patty says those daughters aren't that girl. Yes, they are, Patty. Yes, they are. They are late twenties and early. Like the brother, I think, is like thirty something, and I want to say this: the daughters are late twenties, early thirties. They're not. They're not twenty-two, Patty. They're not twenty-five, Patty. They're like 28, 29, 30 in that range. So grown. They are fully grown. Um, yeah. They are grown, grown. I didn't understand why they were so upset either. Facts. I just didn't get it. So moving on to Ari and Benny. I really think there's something wrong with Ari like psychologically wrong. And I think her mom knows it. And I think that that's why her mom is so concerned about her. Crystal said, is the daughter with the son a single mom? Yes, she is. So Cassidy just recently got married and she just recently had a kid. And then Taylor who came the day earlier is a single mom and Bryson had the girl with the long dress. Her name is Crystal and I don't know anything about Mackenzie because we haven't really seen her. So I can't tell you who she is, but yes, Daughter is a single mom. So Ari and Benny. Ari opens up the scene saying that she doesn't know if there's any hope for them. Okay. Drama much. Because they had a big fight. And she's just assuming the worst of the relationship. She's assuming it's over. And she doesn't know if there's a future for them. Okay. So then we get to the house and she's going to take a nap with baby Avi and Janice and Benny are going to go have a chat and have coffee. Now here, there's so many things you guys, like I just, I want to keep talking, but I still have another couple to get through. Okay. Here's the thing. First of all, you don't need an interpreter. You never need an interpreter. And the fact that you keep bringing this interpreter is irritating the fuck out of me. Second of all, you completely understand each other. And what was so ridiculous about this, you guys, is that Benny was helping the interpreter speak to Janice. And I was like, this whole interpreter thing is so unnecessary. And it's unnecessary because, in my opinion, it's a power move. And it's a power move like, hey, you're this, like, dude from a third world country and you can't understand English very well. So we're going to get an interpreter so you can understand what I'm saying. And the mom's even like, cause I like to speak a lot of slang. You, you spoke no slang in that conversation, Janice. He clearly understood you and you clearly understood him. You guys had a great conversation. So it was unnecessary for y'all to act like he didn't know what you're all talking about. Unnecessary. That being said, interpreter came um janice feels like benny's been acting different ever since uh ari went to america well yeah he's acting different because she was a she made the decision on her own to go and get the hernia surgery for their son 
by herself. She bought the tickets without telling him, said she was going to be gone for a month, but was gone for two months. So yeah, he's acting a little different. So Janice thinks that um, Benny has been acting different, that he possibly start cheated. And so we're going to talk about that too. But let's talk about the fact that they wanted to come to Kenya to start a new relationship, according to Ari, because that's where they had their best times in a relationship within Kenya. No, you just want to isolate him from his friends because you saw the past two months that he was hanging out with his friends. And like he said, he was working on his music and all the things. And you want to isolate him from that. You were mad that he had those people at the house, that he turned the, the house into a studio. You were mad about that. So it was a power move on your part by taking him away from that house and his friends and what he was doing. So let's not act like that's not what it was. So you take him away from that, you isolate him. And so now only his attention can be on you, which is fine. That makes you guys, you know, get closer if your intentions are, are pure. But I don't think that that's what this was. So you want to start a new. Benny's like, well, we don't really need to start a new because we're already in a relationship. So I don't understand that. And then Janice is like, let's be real. That we... And that's another thing I want to talk about because there's a lot of intricacies in this. So I'm going to try to get through it all. So we were home for two months. By we, she meant she meant Ari and Avi. Okay. And she said that her and the dad were nervous because Ari just cried for those two months, two months because there was so much fighting going on and they were getting messages from other people. She was even getting messages about what's going on in quote, her house, her house, Ari's house, her house. And yeah, they see it that way because guess what? Ari's parents pay for that house and they pay for the nanny. So they believe that it's Ari's house. So that's the first mistake. And if you guys don't believe the fact that they pulled Benny out of her house and brought him to Kenya, if that wasn't a power move, you guys are not seeing what's going on here because that's exactly what's going on. Just think about the words that were used. So they're upset that um, about the things that were going on in her, her house, they turned it into, he said, excuse me, Janice said that he turned it into a crazy place with girls coming in and out of the house and that maybe you're not interested in being with Ari anymore because when she left, you had a different life. Let's unpack that, okay? So you're taking the word of random people texting you. Who are these random people that are telling you that their girls are coming in and out of the house? Who? Like, name them so that he has the information. Don't come at me and tell me some, all these people, who are all these people? Who? Because from what we've seen, we've seen just a few friends. And then the photos that they showed us, it was a bunch of dudes in the house, the same dudes that you see all the time. Now, the first thing I always wanna say is that you knew Benny and who he was when you married him and you still, well, got engaged to him. You knew who he was when you decided to have a baby with him. 
you knew that he was a creative type. You knew that he was the dancer. He said he was working on his music. Uh, he's an MMA. So all the creative stuff, you knew that that was who he was. So you also said you were going to be gone for a month. So what's he supposed to do in that month? He's trying to be proactive. He's like, you know what? I'm a full-time dad, usually. It's me, Ari, and Avi, usually. I haven't been working on my music. Let me use this time alone to work on what I say I want to work on. So I'm sorry. How is that a bad thing? So he doesn't have money. So he made his home a home studio and brought the producers in. And anyone who makes any type of music knows that it's not just a one man. It's not you and your microphone. And that's it. Okay. Music engineer, producers, songwriters, singers, all the things. So, yeah, you're going to have people coming in and out. And maybe if you're collaborating, some of those people might be females. So you turned her house into a crazy place and you're living a different life. No, he wasn't living a different life. He was just doing the things that he said that he wanted to do. And one of that was making music. So Benny's like, you know, she is thinking the worst and she's thinking the worst because she has her own insecurities about him. She draws her own conclusions, which causes problems, which is exactly what she was doing and which was what I was telling you guys even last week and the week before. I'm confused by what this fight is even about. What, what, like you created this whole scenario in your head and you're pissed and you're crying and you're threatening leaving him and all the things. For what? What did he exactly do? And then when you said, oh, whether he cheated or not, he disrespected the, the family. Well, what, what did he do? Like, can you be more specific on what exactly he did to disrespect the family? Because I'm going to need you to be specific because I'm confused where this fight came from. Just like Benny said, like, I don't really get what's going on. And she's creating her own conclusions. Right? So... Now, the flip side of that is I get it because she lost trust in him and she lost trust in him and he even admits it because he's lied to her. So he's been lying to her. He, She doesn't trust him because he's lied about things like, hey, I'm with this person when he's with this person or I'm at the club, but he says he's not at the club. So those things have caused him to be not believed by, by Ari. Right. So I get that. I get he has not been fully honest. Now, he does say and this is not an excuse, but he does say he does it because he knows that if he tells her something, she's going to freak out. And she does freak out. You guys like that last episode at the end where she was crying and she said, I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for the life you're going to lead. Like all of that was is it's a lot like. He's not picking up his phone because he knows he's going to just get all that. He's not telling you because he knows he's going to get all that. And it can be exhausting because it's always that. It's always that, you guys. It's always like he is always doing something wrong. And so he's kind of sick of it. He loves her, but he's like, there's something not right. And my personal opinion is there's a trust issue for sure. And they both have to own up to that. 
and he has to own up to his part about not being honest with her and not telling her the real deal immediately in the moment, right? But I also think, like I said, that there's something going on with her emotionally. And that could be like new mom stuff, but I think it even goes beyond that. I think that there's there's something deeper underlying that is like an emotional issue for her. And why I say that is because Janice, her mom, always says we, always says we, wants to come on this trip to help her trend, like transition into this like life. And she wants to make sure that her emotional stability is okay. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, like there's some, there's something there that the mom knows about that we don't know about. And so I think that that's why the mom is trying to play mediator and like help them communicate because they don't communicate. Because Binny seems to me to be like more of a passive person, not a huge communicator. So he needs to work on his communication. But Ari seems to be one of those people that goes from zero to hundred in a hot minute. Plus I think she is a little bit controlling and wants it her way or no way. And I think that that's where there's like contention. And the way she talks to him, you guys, is just, I don't know. I said last week and I'm saying this week, it, it gives me Angela vibe. She's Angela Jr. 2.0 without the smokes. The way she cussed at him last time and just the way she was sitting there on the couch, all like angry, looking down and you know, the mom saying it's about communication and she's like, it's not just about communication. Like, are you open to making this work? Or are you just stuck on, Urgh. it's very weird. Um. So then the mom asked Ari directly, excuse me, the mom asked Benny directly, did you cheat on Ari? And he said no. And Janice believed him. She believed his body language. She believed his eyes. She believed the words. And she gives him some advice. She's like, you know, there's trust issues because you don't tell the truth. So just tell the truth in the moment, you know, stop lying. Just tell Ari first when you plan something instead of having her hear from your family and friends. That's great advice. It really is. Just tell her first. Now she's not going to like it and she's going to have to work on how she receives the truth. But again, remember who you decided to be with. You decided to be with someone who dances at the club. You decided to be with someone who does MMA. You decided to be with someone who wants to work on music. You decided that. That was your individual choice. So let's not forget that. Um, then they have like a little bit of like, you know, when she's mean to me, I mean to her. But Benny wants to work it out. And the mom is like, you know, you guys have to communicate. And Janice says, I explained how we felt when they get back to the house. And again, this whole use of we is really. Here's what's happening, you guys. This is what's happening. Okay. I'm just going to just going to come out with it. This is what's happening. 
Ari wants to move back to America. She spent two months. She loves the fact that she has a family around her. She loves the fact that her family uh, is supportive of her and she loves the lifestyle. And she thought that she could romanticize what she thought living in Africa was going to look like for her. And not only did she romanticize that, she also had an agenda of what that was going to look like. And it's not working out the way she imagined it was going to work out, right? So she now wants to plan B it, kind of like a Tiffany, where Tiffany said she was going to move to South Africa and got to South Africa and didn't like it. And then all of a sudden, Ronald was the issue and Ronald was the problem and Ronald not coming over to like that whole thing. Same thing, it's like a bait and switch. So now she's causing this drama so that she doesn't have to be the bad person because she promised that she wasn't going to be the person that took Vinny's son away, just like his first wife did. So she's creating all this drama and fights so that it's like, oh, you're, you change and you're that, you're this and you're that and you get this and you lie, you cheat and you blah, blah, when all of those things are not happening because she's going to turn around and say, like she cried last week, I'm sorry for you and I'm sorry for what your life is going to look like. She was warning him. And then when I saw the preview where she's like, I want to live in America, this is all a setup, y'all. She's setting up this whole thing, all the fighting, so that she can have a reason to go back to America. And that's the part that I don't like because it's all games. Don't play games. Be honest about who you are, what you are, and what you're trying to do. Last and certainly least in my books is Ellie and Victor. I find them both problematic for different reasons. Ellie's problematic because she's... Ellie is problematic because Ellie... <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Ellie is like, she got her a black dude. He fine in her eyes and she's trying to like have her cake and eat it too. Victor's problematic because Victor has got himself what he thinks is a rich white lady to fund his lifestyle. So the two of them are driving me crazy, okay? Because she's starting to have resentment about all the money she's dishing out and he is expecting more money their common ground is that bed that they were sitting on and the drinking that they were doing and the fact that they're trying to have a baby. Messy. They've been fighting. They're both very problematic. It's very problematic. They've been fighting um, about everything. Because again, this is another couple that I feel has communication issues. Um, he takes her to his sister's house because he doesn't think that she really understands the severity of this hurricane and how much it's impacted his life. Um, and so he wants to kind of give her a history of, of what happened in the hurricane. So this, there's no ceiling. 
Um, they had a glass door and they had a mattress on the door and the glass shattered everywhere and exploded. There was no escape for them. They didn't really have control of anything. So they hid under the sink and that's what saved them. And by them, I mean his mom, his sister uh, and their dog. And they were just sitting there for like six hours and praying and they got through it. Uh, he's very emotional still about it. He's got some trauma about it. And he really feels like Ellie will never understand. Well, no, she will never really understand. She can try to empathize, but she won't understand because she didn't go through it. Um, but, you know, he's happy that she's here. And then what I thought was interesting is that he said, but I still love you. And then she said, but I still love you still. Let's not talk about the, okay. I just don't get the case. Okay, let's not talk about the fact that, oh, can we address the domestic violence? charges can we talk about that and like get that out of the room can we talk about the cheating can we get that out of the room as well can we talk about ellie and her like money power moves can we talk about that can we talk about the real things in this couple because i don't i don't you know i don't give a shit about the rest of it like i need to know the underlying story and the underlying issues and address them i don't care about a bike and your roof and all this stuff like can we talk about stuff about the relationship? Cause you all brought it up and now all of a sudden we're not talking about it and they don't really get a lot of airtime. And so I'm just trying to figure out why, okay, it was a natural disaster and it's terrible and, and no one should have to go through it, but people go through it all the time. Like, I don't understand why the storyline is now just about the hurricane. If you guys have like, like show me rebuilding the house. Why are we sitting in the backyard building a fire? We have a tent in the inside of the house that we're sleeping in. Like, I don't give a shit about that stuff. Like, let's either talk about the relationship or let me see you guys rebuilding the house and actually doing something with the supplies that you say you keep bringing over from the mainland. But I'm not interested in you talking about nothing because that's what you guys, you guys are just talking about nothing. You had a fight about what? about whether there was running water. You didn't know there was running water, so you yelled at him and then you just turned on the tap and the water was running. Anyways, so they're going back tomorrow to San Andreas to get some more supplies, to do some repairs to the house that we never get to see. And so I'm not very um, invested in it. And then all of a sudden, we haven't talked about any of the red flags in the relationship, but Victor wants to propose. And not only does Victor want to propose, my Patreon subscribers know about Allegra because I talked to you guys about Allegra and where they are right now and that whole thing. But they just threw in that he has a full-on daughter, threw a picture up of her, and then kept it pushing. We didn't know in-depth information on Allegra. Is it from an ex-girlfriend, an ex-wife? Where is she? How is she doing through the hurricane? Oh, we're just going to skip by that and say, oh, we want to start having a baby. And he turns to her and say, are you ready to have a kid with me? No, you guys are not ready to have a kid. No. What do I tell you guys? The four things that you guys have to always talk about before you get in a serious relationship. These fools haven't talked about any of these things. You clearly have not talked about money because she resents you for money and you expect her to give you money. And there's an issue. Haven't talked about kids clearly because... Who turns to someone and says, are you ready to have a kid with me? Y'all ain't even ready to live together. You guys are not even on the same page. Why would you bring a child into this? He ain't working. She just left her, her whole 
career and business that she built up. So you're going to ask, you're going to talk about, well, not the fact that we haven't talked about anything, but, oh, we would need an extra room. And then he's going to say, well, we can build one in the future. No, you need to talk about those things right now. She's not sure if she's able to have kids. She's of a certain age. I think, you know, that's okay. But then babies also cost money. And he's like, well, we were going to make a bar. And then she talks about how, well, we're going to do a beach bar, but you need tourists to come to the island. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. Plus, you guys just had a hurricane. So there are no tourists coming. I'm just being realistic. He gets mad because he's seeing like, oh, all the things that I'm trying to do and plan out here. And I'm wanting her to pay for it all. She's starting to have second doubts. And so he's getting a little defensive about it. And then they talked about how she's always sending money. And he's like, well, you didn't send me that much money. If you sent me more money, I would have a bike as well. Then he goes on to say money isn't everything. Well, if money's not everything, Victor, then, and also he says, I'm not here because of you and because of the money you sent. Well, then what's the issue? If you don't need my money, then buy your own shit. I don't need to come to, with you to the mainland. I can stay right here. You go get the supplies with that money that you already have. And so the tools that we just bought that you didn't have any money for, go ahead and just handle that. I'll be right here. I'll be emotionally supportive for you because you gone through some trauma because if it's not about the money, okay? The house that you were able to build because she, you're building it together if, if you've got this job and you can go ahead and get on your guitar and play your music and make enough money to support yourself, then Victor, go ahead and do that. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get why the real issue, like, again, I don't care about your stupid bike. I don't care about this tent. I Let's talk about the issues. I don't ha understand how we got from zero to 100 and how it's about the hurricane and not about your relationship because your relationship clearly needs some help. And you guys are definitely not on the same page, but we're going to push forward and now we're going to start talking about having kids. Please make it make sense. Make it make sense. Anyways, that was the show, you guys. It was very, like, I mean, there was so much. There was so, so, so much. There was so, so much. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to be doing uh, the Family Chantel. But I'm also going to throw in, because I was going to do it this weekend, and that didn't work out. So I'm going to do an earlier show to cover the single life. I've heard a ton of stuff about it, you guys. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it right now. Um, but I've heard that it's just wild. So I can't wait to watch it. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Lisa says, R uses the baby to hurt him, and that's sick. I feel sorry for the life he's about to lead to. Oh, me too. I'll see you guys all tomorrow. Thanks for joining, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye for now.